Yeah. Hey, this is DJ Uncle Troy, OG Status Podcast, and I'm here with a good friend of mine. Good friend. They used to call him Big George. He's not as big, but we just going to call him Jeezy. So, you know, while we're here, go ahead and give it up for my man, Jeezy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Much love, Troy. Man, we go go way back. Way back, man. Way back. like Different lifetimes. Different lifetimes. Different like, stages of life. Different stages of life, definitely. Yeah. But, but on the same accord, though, at all times. All times. And you know, that's a, you know, we never talk about grown man relationships. That's one thing we talk about on right. OG status. So we met uh, through some common friends, and then our sons became, like, best friends, like little brothers. Correct. And that kind of drove us to be friends because, hey, I'm going over Mr. Troy house. I'm going over Mr. George house. Yep, upstairs and downstairs. That's that. Then your daughter came. Yep. And her and my did. wife was cool yep, and, and exactly. doing work together. Doing some work together. And then your son became like, my wife became like his South Side on Lamar mom along with Marion. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 then we true. graduated them and our friendship came from just respecting each other as men, sure. as fathers, as brothers, as sons. 2007 was the year as a matter of fact. Wow. 2007. It's been that long. It's been that long. Yeah, man. Because we got stories. We can sit here all day oh, and talk about gosh, the stories. man. Man. You know, one of the stories I, I'm, I'm sad we didn't tell <laughs> Okay, is one day you called me and said, hey, man, when are you going to be up in D.C.? I said, shoot, I'm on this day. Right. Hey, man, you want to drive back to Texas? <laughs> and I don't think we took one picture of that. We didn't. Not we were one. supposed to. We were supposed to. I remember because, because I was coming back to Texas. My daughter was, get, my daughter was graduating high school. Yes. And, and I was in D.C. And, of course, you and I, we always talk about taking trips. We both love driving, love, both love going cross country and stuff like that. So that just, that was just up our alley. Right. So we were supposed to document the whole thing and didn't document anything. Yeah, <laughs> but crazy. the trip was good. It was good. You know, and part of me likes the fact that, like I remember people talk about Dr. J going to the Rucker. There was only 400 people there, right? Right. But the story is bigger because Huge. a lot of people didn't see it. Right. And they yeah. had to rely on word of mouth. So the story of our with 20 mile 20 hour trek yep. was it was a great trip yep. for the graduation yep. as it 10 years from now that trip would have been you know we drove in reverse on oh, yeah. part of the highway <laughs> <laughs> the story will get better right it'll always get better yeah and so that but, but the grown man relationship like like when i when i say that word what, what does that mean to you based on the relationships you have that are multi-decade yeah. relationships yeah. yeah it's few number one is is few um, and I was actually having this conversation with Eric the other day about the people that are in my life now are people that have been in my life darn near forever. Right. At least as long as he's been on earth. Right. And that's and like, really, right? So like I said, you and I, our, our relationship formed in 2007. You don't maintain a 13, 14 year relationship unless you got some things in common. Absolutely. Right. You don't do that. So of course, like us being, more than friends, we we family. Yes, right? absolutely. Like, like we are, we we are family. And like you said, you talked about the lineage of our sons, basically forming their relationship. But it's, it goes deeper than that. You brought your mom and dad into my it. mom and my dad. Right, they're always asking about you guys. Like that's 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 why we're family because my family accepts you guys as their family. So right. from and that standpoint, man, yeah, and it's important. Yeah. It's, it's important, and we should, you know, especially as black men. Yes, let's get that out there. Like, especially as black men, we need to formulate better relationships with each other that go past what we do for a living. Absolutely, absolutely. And then another thing is, 
you know, people look at you like I always, I'm the big guy in the room. Yeah. And then when you show up, did you show up? Right. (laughs) And, you know, talking to you about being big men, um, but we've been able to talk on an emotional level. And I'll add Sederic to that mix too. Absolutely. Spiritual and, and, and emotional. I'll add Sederic to that. Yes. Like there's no us without Sederic. Right. Absolutely. There's just not. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like, I would, when people look at you with a tough exterior, they don't expect you to have the emotions that humans have. Right. (laughs) As a leader, as a father, as a coach, it's like, you know, there are times when you just want to say, man, what am I doing? And there's no one most of the time to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's it's a catch-22. Yeah. Quite honestly for me, it's always been that way. Um, You talk about the rough, tough exterior. Well, I'm 6'7", almost 400 pounds, so with that being said, you don't look at me and think that I have feelings. Right. Right. You don't look at me and think that, you know, well, the first thing most people do when they look at me, they always say, I get this about 10, 20 times a day. You have to play football. Yeah. Right. You have to be some sort of athlete. So with that, they, they I, I, I used to get so mad, man, because, you know, I felt like they were minimizing me. Yeah. When I know I'm so much more when only when, when honestly, all they were doing was just trying to relate. You know, the funny thing is I'll say about you is a guy who looks like you play football. Most people don't know how intelligent you are and how committed you are to education. Because you could say, no, I'm I'm a a graduate student. You know, how about that? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and and the thing is, but going back to that point, I've learned to accept that. Right. Because that's always my end. And it's your gift. It's my end and it's my gift. Right. And, And I did. I used it was a point in time where I really did not like answering that question. But I realized when I don't answer that question, I immediately turn that person off on me, and I immediately miss a blessing when I do that. Absolutely. So, especially in the spaces that you work in, because you could be on a, at a football game at an yep. airport, yep. in a high end hotel like yep. we're in the lobby now, and that person who's five seven who had dreams of playing in the NBA sure. or the NFL may be the CEO of a multi million dollars cannabis company or something like that. Exactly, and you know, and it goes it goes deeper than that, quite quite frankly, because you know. Everything I do, you look at all my tags on social media, you look at my license plate on my truck, you listen to me like I know I live a purpose-driven life. Yes. Right? I know that for a fact, and I'm I'm totally sold out for that. Got it. And because of that, I, I look at everything so much differently when I always look through that purpose-driven lens now. So every time I have an opportunity to have a conversation with someone, I'm more opt to I'm more I'm more open to it in the beginning. Even though I might not want to answer the football questions, yeah. I know there is a pathway to something more special about what we could be talking about. So I'm more open to that now. You know what the funny thing is? I can remember points in our relationship, random conversations that maybe you benefited from or maybe I benefited from right. being open, changed the trajectory of where we were going yep. or really helped us out of a situation, out of situation or into a situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. so I get it. And, and then the thing is, is, is you know this – just as much as I do, our sons, right, they're pretty close in age. Yes. And the one thing I always tell, even the kids that I coach now, right, like somebody's always looking at you. Right. Whether you think they are or not, you're teaching them something. So the one thing that I can honestly say that we've done uh, subconsciously is taught our sons how to have proper relationships with other men. Yes, and that's not something that we set out to do, you know, on purpose, but it was just us being us, which led to them being who they are now. Right, right, right. right and right. my son, he values his relationship 
with Troy. Right. Right. And, and, and I was telling him, as much as you value someone, you have to also offer a similar value to them. Now, it might not ha- it might not be the same exact thing, but mm-hmm. that value, you have to offer someone a value if you're going to have a long relationship with them like we have with each other. You know what I, I just realized is that uh, when you talk about when people say you have to uh, um, play football. Right. I don't know if you remember, but I didn't meet you as a football player. I had no idea you played for the Cowboys. <laughs> right. I, I knew you as a music guy. Yeah. In the music industry. Yeah. As a manager, as a not manager, even a bodyguard. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, know, you know what's so crazy about that is when I sit down and start talking to people about the things that I've done, um, I know they halfway look at me and say, this, 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 this turkey lying, yeah. man. Like, he got to be lying. And then when the stories start adding up where they start seeing, well, dang, wait a minute, he know this person, this person knows him, he's been in this circle. Man, my life has been awesome, yeah. dude. I bet you, because it happens to me, but I bet you it happens to you on another level. When you start talking, you be like, man, I've done some dope stuff. I've done some dope stuff. Right. I, I've, I've done some dope stuff, man, and not even trying. Right. That's the beautiful thing is, like, not even trying, but – and you know, and, and you know me, I'm extremely transparent. It was my trials and tribulations Absolutely. that created that dopeness for me, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if everything goes right in this one area, I may not experience the things I experienced in all these other different areas. Right. So, man, you just got to keep living, man. And I think the church folks call it joy, right? Joy. Absolutely. So, like, I, I've met you at different, I've been around you at different spaces and places. And to me, you're the same guy, right? Right. So when I met you when you were down, you right. were the same guy as guys you are up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember you talking about living in a hotel. Yep. And when you tell that story, it was like, to me, it was like, man, this dude is driven. You man, know what I'm saying? You know, it's crazy. So I'm back in Dallas. First time I've been back in Dallas, my gosh. I want to say in all of 2020, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. Second time I've been on an airplane. Third time I've been on an airplane this entire year. And... The thing about Dallas is that I have a soul connection with this place. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's something about, now I'm from New Jersey. Most people know I'm, I'm from Camden, New Jersey, born and bred, you know, East Coast boy till I die, <laughs> right? But I'm also a Texas boy too, man. Like when I come here, there is, there is it's almost like the, 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 the roots in the ground meet my feet and say, welcome home. I would have thought that would have been North Carolina for you because you went to college there, right? Right. But Dallas seems like your home, you're, like something happened here in Dallas, maybe it was playing professional football here, that gave you like your grown man status. It's like not football. My, my parents are over here. Yeah. I'm from, I'm really a Texas guy. Yeah, right. I'm, from, I'm from Jersey. Right. My parents from Jersey. Yeah. And, but it seems like something happened. It might have been relationships. It might have been. But you became a man. I became here a man here. Exactly. I, I, I became a man here, dude. Yeah. I learned more about George Hegeman in Dallas, Texas, living in the Days Inn Hotel mm. in Plano off of 75 than I learned about George Hegeman any other time in my life. Why? Because I was doing that and also raising a man all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Right? So Eric has been, been, been through this with me, lockstep and barrel. Right when we were in that hotel, I was selling cars for Crest Auto Group. Shout out to Crest Auto Group. <laughs> and, and I'm gonna be the first one to tell you, I might have sold eight cars. <laughs> so I, sold, I was there like a year and a half. I sold like eight cars. They felt sorry for me, man. I just, I just couldn't do it. You wasn't there, huh? I got to tell you a story about that too. But but I became a man here. Yeah. And so every time I come back, man, I get reminded of that. Like literally, like it's like the roots in the ground say, "Welcome home." 
And man, I'm telling you, like I'm gonna I'm still do great things here. I love it here. Yeah. Well, I, you know, let's go back to um, pur- be purpose driven, and you're a very structured and disciplined man, mm-hmm. and you get to do that with children, uh, or not children, young adults, young, adults. young men. Emerging teens. And one of the things that I like to do is I have a circle of men who raised my son. And I would always send my son to you for the structure and the discipline. Right. Spirituality, it might be sedere. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And uh, But tell me, you know, what, where did that come from and, um, and how important is that in the life of a young man? Yeah, so that, that's, definitely, that's definitely the athlete, the athlete part that's in me. Um, once I fell in love with sports, period. Of course, football, football was not my first love. Basketball was. Right. All and state, right? All state. I mean, I, I just knew I was going to be the next Charles Barkley. Could not have told me I was not going to be the next Charles Barkley. I went to a basketball camp, and I was telling some of the coaches, just went to a basketball camp, and the, the late, great John Thompson pulled me aside. He said, look, man, uh, me and Coach Chaney, Coach Chaney coached at Temple back in the day, and he said, look, we're sitting there watching, and we both said it. We'll take you. We'll take you. We'll put you on our teams, and you'll be a really good player for us. But that's as far as you're going. But them shoulders so wide, man, you need to find you a football field. Broke my heart. <laughs> broke my heart. Like he, I mean, he, that man don't know how much he broke my heart that day and also changed the trajectory of my life in that one disappointment. Yeah. Be purpose driven. Be purpose driven. That man sent me on a pathway, right? And at that time, man, I'm what, 14, 15, something like that. I, I, I could not believe that. And here, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm sitting there saying, now, I don't know if people ever know, ever met Coach Thompson, but he was a big man. Okay. Like, we were looking eye to eye. I think at that time he was probably looking down on me a little bit. Well, maybe this is how I felt when he broke my heart, but <laughs> he sent me on a different tra- trajectory. He did. And, and the thing is, is the truth hurts what it's supposed to. Yeah. And him telling me that truth at that age changed how I was thinking about life, and it made my life what it is today because if he don't tell me that truth, I still follow that path and end up at a brick wall, right? But I'm thankful because he thought enough of me to say, this is as far as you will probably go doing this. But if you shift, take a mind shift and do that, there's a million other people that you're going to be able to touch. And that's, that was what I got from him. Saw him years later. I'm in the NFL at this time, and I saw him. He remembered exactly who I was, <laughs> remember the conversation we had, all of that, and I thanked him for it. But when you have the fortune to be surrounded or, 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 or have the type of men that I've had in my life to kind of guide me, John Thompson, for a very small, brief period of time. Right. Right, uh, Coach Cheney, very small period, piece, piece, very small, but said enough to lead me in the right direction. Then you go to my high school football coach, uh, Nelson Haspel, who to me, he was the epitome of what an educated black man is supposed to be. Mm, that's a good person to see or be oh, under. Man, at, at 17, at yeah. 16, 17, and he was honest with me. He was very, very honest with me. He was like, look, I don't care how big you are. I don't care what everybody's telling you, but you got to get better if you think you're going to be whatever it is you want to be on, in football in college. Right. So another disappointment, but also another truth. So when I think about how I go about coaching the kids that I coach, I tell them the truth. I always tell them I'm going to always tell your truth. But it's your job to give me what that truth is. Right. 
because I know what they all want. They all want what I had. They all want to go to the league. They all want to be great, get scholarships and go to college and all that. But that's just the service level part of it. How are you going to change somebody else's life? Right. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to set you on a path to be a shift manager. How? I'm sorry, not a shift manager, but a game changer. Right. Like, that's what I'm trying to get these young black men to do. And so far, so good. Well, you know, IMG has a lot of elite players, right? Yep. These are people who want to go and they've proven they want to go. How does, how does telling the truth work with the other kids? Because it seems like you can't really talk directly to young people uh, today. You know. Unless maybe you do, like, you establish I'm, I'm, a relationship. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Troy. I think you, you know me well enough. I only know one speed, you know, when it comes to development and I don't. I don't think you can properly develop our people without being truthful to them 100% of the time. But with love. But with love. I don't think you can come off the street and tell the truth the way I tell the truth. You have to formulate a relationship with these young men. Yeah. And that takes work. Yeah. It takes work. It takes time. It takes dedication. It takes effort. But it takes love if it don't take anything else at all. Yeah. And you've been doing that for years. So you've been coaching, yep. affecting young men, mm-hmm. coaching at various levels. Tell, tell me what the draw is for coaching for you, because it seems like it's more about teaching. It, it is. It's, it really has nothing to do with football. Football is the draw. Like, that's the carrot. Like, that's always been the carrot for me. You and I, we met in 2007. 2008, myself, Deion Sanders, Omar Stoutmeyer, Kevin, Kevin Mathis, uh, we form – what was called the truth here in Dallas, Texas. And we started a team with just our kids. And we went around everywhere in the Metroplex and beat on everybody, beat them down with nine, I'm sorry, with about 12, 14 kids, something like that. And everybody else got 30, 35 kids. We knew we had something then, but it wasn't that we were better coaches. We just came together for a purpose. And we took that purpose and built it into a program. Yeah. And then that program spread all throughout the DFW. And, man, we got our first kid in the NFL now. Yeah. Right? James Porsche. Yes. Uh, SMU. SMU came to me. Oh, my gosh. I got to tell you this. Yeah, story. yeah. Man, these stories are just like, I'm telling you. So we took the kids on a college visit one time. James Porsche. We go to SMU. At the time, June Jones was the head coach there. I remember James was just sitting in the back eyes wide sitting there and he just looked in the days and I go up to him, I say James what's wrong man he's like my mom my mom can't afford this wow my mom can't my, I, I can't go to school here man like I'm I, 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 I can't do this and I was like James if you do the things that we're telling you to do your mom won't have to afford this he ends up going to SMU yep being one of their best receivers ever gets drafted to the Baltimore Ravens right now on a team productive player but a productive person. Right, first. First and foremost. Man, so when you have that kind of story with the kids that you've been with since James came to us at 10, 11 years old, Mm -hmm. and to see him now, 24, 25. 22 next week. 22? Next week. 22. 22 years old and doing the things that he's doing, dude, that that don't drive you to want to do more. Something wrong with you. It's funny because his high school didn't have sports, right? right. So he, he had he had always played drums in his truth shirt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yep. won't you tell the people what truth stands for? Because people think, oh, we the truth. No, what does yeah. truth really stand for? So T, trusting God, R, respect myself and others. You understand that I have unlimited possibilities. Uh, 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 T, try my best and never give up. At H, I'm the true creed, true creed at all times. Right. 
there was a message behind truth. All the way. All the way. Yeah. You ask any kid, and I've done this. Yeah. You go to any truth kid right now as an adult and ask them what that means. Guess what? They're going to tell you on the spot. They know it like the Pledge of Allegiance. They know it like the Pledge of Allegiance. Because that was their Pledge of Allegiance. Affirmation, man. That's their affirmation. Yeah. And they realized that. And that was, see, see, this is why anything that you do, I always tell kids, look, don't do things that you don't love to do. Right. Don't do it. Because you're not going to be good at it. Right. Right. And if you are good at it, you're not going to be good at it long because you're going to find something else that's going to ring your bell. Right. Fall in love with the things that are good to you and they will fall in love with you back. And they have and they do and they continue. Will. And that's something that even as adults, man, when you think about people that say they've had 13, 14 jobs in their lifetime. Yeah. They didn't fall in love with something. Right. They didn't. And then they didn't allow whatever they fell in love with to manifest. And it takes time and it takes effort, man. But you got to believe in it and believe in you back at some point. Man, look, I, I agree with you. And the thing about the, the truth, kids, is, is that Prime used to say, you may not go pro, but you go pro in something, in something else, else in life. Right. Yep. Yeah. Still saying the same thing. Yeah. Still and and thing. so talk about developing the whole man. Like a lot, a lot of people thought truth was just all elite athletes. You know, there's a guy named Manuel Hoppy who's now a celebrity <laughs> chef. Right, right, you know what I'm saying? He's right. working with like 50 NFL players. Yeah, and yeah. he was a guy who may not have been very good at football, but he prime and you guys identified that he liked cooking. Yep. So here's, a, here's an adage that I live by, and I've always lived by this. I've learned to live by this. Man, make a decision. Mm-hmm. Commit to it. And then figure out how to get it done. Yeah. Say again, make a decision. Make a decision. Commit to it. Commit. And then figure out how to get it done. Yeah, don't do it the other way around. Don't do it. Here's what most people do. Most people, they make a decision, then they start planning. Right. They start planning first, right? Yeah. And then then they possibly get to the commit right. part of it. Right. But the planning part of it slows them down. Manuel, Hoppy, Hoppy. my guy. We were on the sideline of a football game. I said, Hoppy, you don't want to play football, do you? He was like, Coach, I'm going to be honest with you. Nah, I don't want to do it. I was like, so why are you here? He was like, this is all I got. Right. This is all I got, and these are my brothers. And I was like, so what do you want to do? And on that sideline, he told me in prime he wanted to be a chef. So ever since then, his name was Chef. We yeah. started calling him Chef. Start speaking that into his life. Start putting him in a position to be a chef because that's what he really wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing is if you look at him now, Instagram is popping. Twitter is popping. Got his own website. Uh, was doing a restaurant at one time. Catering for the Cowboys now. Catering for some of the Mavericks. All these different people. He didn't start there. Right. Hoppy started by burning cupcakes in my oven when he was 11 <laughs> years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's where he started. Right. But I could tell that kid. Like, I remember it. Messed up. I, I, and I, I told you, I've always told them they're true. He said, Coach, how are they? I said, man, they burnt, man. They don't taste good. You know, he said, well, how can I get better? Right. We're going to figure it out. Right. Prime ended up sending them to, uh, to cooking school. The chef, the chef, what do you call it? Culinary school. Culinary school. He goes to culinary school and realized, man, they know better than me. I can do this. Right. He stayed on the path. One right? thing I appreciate that Prime did is I was out of this house and they were shooting a um, pilot to a reality show. Yeah. And he said, hey, come over here and shoot a video of, uh, of, 
of happy yeah. process of making these uh, slap your mama chocolate chip cookies. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I remember those. And I sent it to to uh, Hoppy, the 11-year-old Hoppy, because his voice was all high-pitched. Right, right. And now he's got the deep voice. He, he got the confidence. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that you guys spoke that into his life, didn't tell him what he couldn't do. You told him what he we could, could do. do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's the thing, man. That's the thing. We, we, we got enough people that look at us and doubt us. Right. And then we do enough doubt in ourselves, ourselves. So you have to be purposeful about the things you say, how often you say you say them, and then what the follow-up is. And that's right. the biggest part is most people don't go through with the follow-up part. Right. That's the, that, that's the commitment part. The fortune is in the follow-up. The fortune is in the follow-up. We know this as businessmen, right? Yes. But that's, that's, that's the thing is most people aren't committed first. Right. They're not committed. They try to sit there and they'll go to the planning stage and they'll analysis through paralysis, paralysis through analysis, however you say it, but they don't commit first and right. then try to figure out how to get it done. Right, right. Let's talk about um, dealing with the young people. And I, I always ask, I've asked you this question before. I've asked any high elite athlete. Right. At what point did you stop looking at conditioning as punishment? Mm. And so the self-discipline is what I really want to get to is like, I know these are elite kids at the, the program you are, you're yeah. in, but how do you get young people to commit um, instead of comply? Great question. Great question. You have to, even at a young age, you got to get a kid to figure out what his or her why is. Yeah. Right. And that's just, that's the step that most people overlook or don't know exists. Mm -hmm. You can talk to a kid about how important it is to do A, B, and C all you want, but until they can relate it, to something that means something to them, they're going to always look at it as punishment. Right. But you have to get them to figure out what their why is. And that takes work. It takes work. Now, and even as an adult, that takes work to kind of figure out what your why is, right? Because it has to be something that you are so attached to that no matter what's going on, you are going to get up and do that thing. Right. Because it's attached to something tangible, something that means more than you than just a pair of Jordans. So, the step in figuring out the why part of it is how you get kids to look at it more than just something they're complying to. You got to go through that, that, that process yeah, first. Yeah. And so then you look up in it, that, that commitment creates its own momentum. It does. And so if the coach is not there for conditioning, you'll look over Still there and see do it. people over there conditioning. And, and, and I know, I know, I know we, we talk about, you know, the kids I'm, I'm with now, like I don't have to tell them to work on their sets. I don't have to tell these kids to work on their footwork. They do this without me. Why? Because they, it, everything that they do is attached to their why. But elite kid, non-elite kid, let's take Hoppy. Let's take Hoppy, for example, yeah. again, right? Didn't want to play football, but showed up for practice every single day. Yeah. Why? Because his why was he knew that being around us was going to help him develop into the man he needed to be. Yeah. So he can do exactly what it is that he wants to do, and he's doing a great job of it now. Cool. Well, look, man, I ain't going to hold you all night because I know that this is something that we can talk about. Uh, and forever, all, man. Forever. forever. So, this is a series. This yeah. is a series. This is right a series. Here. And I'm, I'm expecting to hear your series. To, um, one of the things I missed about you being here is just the uh, your presence. Not yeah. your size, but your presence and your um, your spirit and your, yeah. your motivation and your discipline. Yeah. You know, and your, I don't want to call it dream. I want to call it vision. Right. Your vision and being purpose. Uh, so I, I do miss you being here. Yeah. But it's funny because we hadn't seen each other close to two years, and it feel like, you know, gr grown man relationships don't have <laughs> don't require 
you know, presence all the nah, time. No, they don't. They don't. And that's that's the other thing about, I was talking about uh, our relationship, with our, our son's relationship with each other. Yes. Right? Eric still looks at James like his very best friend that he talks to every single day. Absolutely. Right? But a lot of that is because of the quality, right? Not just the quantity, but the quality of time they spent with each other. Absolutely. You know, and it's the same thing with me and you. Like, I, that's the first thing I thought when we saw each other in the lobby. It was like, man, when last time I seen you? Right. That, but don't, but that's, I'm, I'm telling you, every, anybody who's listening to this, the one thing I want to express to you is this. Surround yourself with people, male, female, that push you to be a better you. Right. In one way or another, right? Not just always berating you and telling you you're doing wrong, but checking you to make sure that you're doing the things that make you be a better person. Like, that's important. Yeah. And the one thing I always appreciate about our relationship is, there's not a thing that I could come to you with that you wouldn't give me a very well thought out answer about. Right. Right. Whether it was something I agreed with or not, that was up to me. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I knew I could say, hey, man, I'm thinking about doing this. And you'll say, yeah, but hold on. Let's 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 think about it this way. And and that's that's important. Yeah. Yeah. You can't surround yourself with yes people. You're not going to survive. I, I One thing I do like uh, uh, on social media is. Uh, your name pops up, right. you know, where you're swimming or you're, or you're doing your thing with, yep. the, with the players. Yep. And then I say, I'll think, man, I need to just text George what I see. And yeah. like, I say, hey, George, man, it'd be great if uh, you did this. Right. Or, George, I just bought this new technology. Right. I think that was yesterday. <laughs> that was yesterday. And you said, <laughs> that was well, yesterday. When you, you said, well, are you in Dallas this weekend? Yep. I said, yeah. You said, well, shoot, I'll be there. And then that, that right. kind of sparked it. Yep. it. But it's about, you know, looking at a person and wanting the best for him. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and I think that's how we got to get back to with uh, brotherhood. Like I look at our son's relationship during their formative years, mm-hmm. they created a foundation that will take them when they're our age. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? A- absolutely. And the good thing is that doesn't require absolute presence because they have separate dreams and separate goals. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. And th- th- that's the thing is they're two entirely different people. Yeah. Yeah. Two entirely different people. Right. Yeah. And, and the one, like, I always talk to Eric about a lesson that you've been teaching James forever which is about the perfection rule, doing something for 10,000 hours. Absolutely. Right? And I remember one day he asked me about it. And this is how, this is how Eric is. He, we were driving the car. He was like, Dad, what's, what is that? Mr. Troy always talk about that 10,000-hour thing. And we were on a long drive, and it gave me an opportunity to, like, really break that down to him. Right. Man, stuff like that, I'm not saying, I, I don't know whether other men are doing that on purpose with their kids. Right. But we need to. Absolutely. Right. We, we need to. And then as brothers like you and I and other good brothers out here need to get out and talk about the things that we're doing. And because I'm sure there are some men, sure, that got kids that want to hear from us right. or men like us or men that we know that's doing things better than what we're doing. Absolutely. That can give them a little bit of energy to, to help their kids you know, grow up and be better. That's what the truth was for me. Okay. When I came and you I said seen that before. you, yeah. I seen, uh, you know, people I'd seen on TV. Then I seen people that I didn't know, like Buck right. and uh, the, the different coaches and yep. different men. Yep. And how Prime told me, hey, man, the football is the bait. It's the bait. Like, we go watch yeah. the game on Monday at the pizza place. That's just yep. for us, the fellowship, <laughs> man. And yep. so yep. the dinners we used to have or the picnics we used to have or the trips, it was like, man, this this is this is football, yes. And yeah, I like football, but, man, I I'm still in touch with like like you know Buck you know or exactly. or just different people who I hadn't Life, seen lifelong relationships yeah man. Uh, watching uh, uh, brother Elder's son and yep, just watching yep, these Kim, ki- yep. kids grow up 
even some of the mothers, yeah. you know, still, you know, watching one, I think her name is uh, something Stewart. Her son's a singer. Right, right, Isaiah. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yep, yeah. Yep. And just watching. I him yesterday. Yes. And yeah. it was like a, a great moment to um, come together. Yep. So that's what the truth was for me. So, so, so here, here's the deal. We, we, we are about to launch something. I can't really tell the public about it right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, what we started back in 2008 is why we're about to do what we're about to do right now. Yeah. Like this isn't something, this isn't a fly by night thing that we just up and decided to do. This is something that has been in the works and been prayed over and, and, and been manifested over. And now we're seeing it come to fruition. Dude, I'm telling you, we need y'all. We need y'all prayers, man, because we are really about to set the record straight and change the game. That's the plan going forward right now. Well, look, you heard it here first on the OG Status Podcast. I'm DJ Uncle Troy here with my good friend, George Hegeman. And, man, we are out of here.